Good morning. Welcome to Sunday Morning with 11 Action. I'm Ken Tuck. Thank you for joining me today. Hope you're having a good Sunday. Hope everything's going well. Hope you're ready to hear more about what God is doing around this great world that he created. And back with us once again is my brother Jim Landley. Jim, thanks for being here again. Thanks, Ken. Part two. Part two. And if you didn't hear part one, you can go to the Love and Action podcast and check it out. And I highly encourage you to. And you can find our podcast on pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, Spotify, Podbean, just going down the list, and, and you can find the podcast there. So I encourage you to go back and listen to it. And today we're going to talk more about what God's doing over in Southeast Asia, and who knows what else he'll lead us to talk about today. We just leave that up to the Holy Spirit to guide us. And before we get into that conversation, we always like to start out with prayer. So, Jim, would you once again lead us in prayer today? Yeah, sure. Father, again, thank you so much for this day uh, and all the many blessings that you've given us. Many of us have roofs over our head and have eaten a good meal and maybe even on our way to work um, have families and friends that love us and care for us. And we thank you for all those many blessings, Lord, for there's so many people in the world that don't have those things that that we uh, appreciate and have every day. We ask that the Spirit of God guide us and direct us and uh, hold us behind uh, the cross uh, that we would uh, be glorifying his name and uh, making much of him and his kingdom as uh, we talk about the things he's doing in the world. And so God be with us. We thank you uh, for this time in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, just a quick recap, Jim and his wife, Keith, are missionaries. They are currently serving in Thailand and doing work with, with in Thailand and then with uh, refugees from uh, Myanmar. And we talked about that last week. Jim, you have been a missionary for 20-some-odd years, right? That's correct. What are some countries you have served in, served the Lord in? Uh, the Marshall Islands, um, of course, India, a short-term. Um, the longest uh, term I've done is in China. I was there for almost nine years wow. as a church planter to unengaged, unreached people groups. And that's what's so cool is that you have reached some unreached people groups over these years and, and introduced people to Jesus who had no clue. Yeah, uh, when I was in China, they separate these unreached and unengaged. Unreached is where you have a population of less than 2% of the people are coming to know him and have not replicated. So that would be unreached. Unengaged would be people that, as far as we know in the history of their, of their people group, no one has gone to share the gospel with them. And so uh, I was uh, very blessed and fortunate when I lived in uh, East Asia uh, to be tasked with one of those opportunities. Amen. And it is something to see their faces when you, when you first share the gospel with them and, and even present Bibles to people. Yes. We in the U.S. take the Bible for granted because it's so accessible. I mean, we can get them from a thrift store. We can get them from a Christian bookstore. We can get them from Amazon. Just multiple ways, uh, our phones. Uh, my mom always says, that's not a real Bible. You got to, ha- you got to hold the Bible. <laughs> that's right. If it's not a page that turns, it's not true. <laughs> that's right. But, you know, so, so Bibles are so accessible here, and, and so is pretty much everything else dealing with Christianity. But overseas in areas that you've served in that we've gone to short term, man, when they get their hands on a Bible, it's better than gold. Yeah, I remember fondly uh, memories of 
Chinese believers getting their first Bible and just hugging it, you know, holding it close to their heart and having tears in their eyes. Um, you know, even in other countries that uh, we've gone to, uh, we've seen that in San Salvador and, and other places. So uh, the, the Word of God is precious, and people still respect it, and they still love it. Um, in, in fact, in Myanmar, we've got a, a shortage of uh, Bibles right now that we're trying to uh, get some money up so that we can uh, send some Bibles to some pastors there. So it's just interesting that it's true that familiarity breeds contempt, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, when we have the Bibles everywhere, we can go anywhere and buy them. We can go to Barnes & Nobles. We can go to a Christian bookstore. We can just Google and, and find a Bible, but uh, there's many places in the world where they don't have access. No, they don't. And and also, Brother Suhail, when he first came here from Pakistan, he was shocked by something that he saw. He said, Brother, people just throw their Bible on the floor of a bus or a house or whatever and, and just throw other stuff on top of it like it, it doesn't mean anything to them uh, because he reveres the Word of God. And people in Pakistan revere and respect the Word of God and, and wouldn't toss a Bible like a piece of trash. You know, that hit me because I was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. I, I've, I haven't really noticed that as much because I guess I'm around it all the time. But when he pointed that out, man, I've made sure I don't even put anything on top of my Bible anymore. Because I, it's like, you know, no, that's God's Word. The Most High, that's his word. I need to revere it more than I've ever had in the past. Uh, it, it just really opened my eyes to how much here in the U.S. we take so much for granted and we get so content, and we don't need to be that way. No, because contentment, you know, leads to, I believe, lethargy. Yeah. You know, it makes us lazy. Yeah. We don't want to um, be engaged in the kingdom, you know. And for me, the kingdom work is is everything. You know, the kingdom of God is eternal and the kingdom of god needs to be filled with worshipers and uh, filled with people who love jesus and so my wife keith and i are out there in southeast asia trying to do that we're trying to bring the word of god either through a book form like a bible or uh, through uh, the jesus film or through uh, evangelistic uh, encounters or through discipleship we're trying to bring that word to them and help them see that there's a loving and gracious god that cares for them and that they can actually have his word in their language and read it themselves. Amen. And having it in their language, that, that's a key. That's a huge key. Jim, I, I know your story, and I know you've been in a lot of situations that uh, could have turned out a lot differently. Um, you, you could have lost your life a number of times. And towards the end of the Sunday Morning Love and Action last week, I asked you a quick question right at the end. And let's expand on that as we talk about more of the people groups that that you and Keith are reaching I ask you why why do you put your life why does Keith put her life on the line to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and your response was because I'm grateful yeah I'm grateful for what uh, God has done for me you know Christ came to this earth and I don't think people really kind of think that through we're talking about God himself leaves heaven right, and comes here to this place where he's hot and he's cold and he's rejected and he's beaten and he's treated harshly and he's maligned. Of course, I'm sure he had some joy. I mean, there was the whole wedding. You know, right. I'm, sure, I'm right. sure there was some joy in his life as well. But he came here with a specific purpose, and that was to save us, to save me. 
And uh, I knew I was a wretch. I, I, I was a liar and I stole and I didn't care about people. I was just, I was just a train wreck. And yet Jesus decided for me to come and die, be buried, and three days later resurrect so that I could be forgiven of my sins and have a relationship with him. Ken, I'm just so grateful for that. And because I'm grateful, because Jesus gave the example of coming to some place that wasn't comfortable, I'm willing to take my life like a blank check and write it for wherever he wants me to go so that others can come to know him too, so that others can come to know the joy I have, the hope I have, and the future I have in heaven. Amen. And there's such a peace that comes with that too, when you serve Jesus with gratefulness and a true understanding of what he has done for us and how much he truly, truly loves us, then we can serve him no matter if it's here in Dothan or over in Southeast Asia or wherever. And, and even if we know we're going to be in some dangerous situations, because well, we can get in some dangerous situations here in the U.S. and especially it seems more and more uh, every day with each passing week, uh, there's more and more danger here in the U.S. But we can still serve with such peace because we know, hey, if something happens, it's all right. I'm just going home. Yeah, it's like I always tell people, um, there's two things that always goes through my mind that helps me be at peace. One is, uh, well, if something happens to Keith or myself, all we basically do is change addresses, right? <laughs> From this address here on earth to the one that Jesus has been preparing for over 2,000 years. The other thing I always tell people is, who's afraid to go to heaven? Right. I mean, for heaven's sakes, really. It's like, oh, please, please don't shoot me and send me to heaven. I just <laughs> like this world so much with all its pain and agony and everything. You know, it's like, no. I'm not saying I have a death wish, I don't, but there's certainly no fear. And uh, I've seen enough things, uh, just the miraculous, uh, yeah. save myself and, and my wife and I on trips and different uh, occasions in, uh, overseas that, look, the Lord knows when my time is up, yeah. and he's perfectly, perfectly capable of uh, taking care of me when that time comes, and I'm ready to go when, when he's ready to have me. Amen. I'm, I'm with you on that, brother. We do have power to be able to do just that because of what Jesus tells us in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 about the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon us and we will be his witnesses. Uh, Jim, explain that word witness. Yeah, the, the word witness there is actually the Greek word martus and it's where we get the word martyr from. So it's the idea of you will, you shall, you will have power to be even a martyr and uh, I always think about uh, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, where it says, They overcame him, that is Satan, by the word of their testimony, uh, the blood of the Lamb, and they loved not their lives even in the face of death. Yeah. And so what are you willing to give up so that others can know the love of Christ? What are you willing to give up so that others can have something to eat? What are you willing to give up? so that others can uh, have hope and peace. Uh, for me and my wife, uh, we feel called that uh, wherever God wants to send us, even dangerous places, uh, we're willing to give our lives on the line for the hope of Christ and for the future of those people to have peace and to have uh, a meal and to have even education, which I think we uh, also take for granted. Yes, amen, and that's another reason I love this brother so much. <laughs> He's truly not afraid to share the gospel with anyone, anywhere, anytime, right? 
Yeah, it, it's the most important thing we have, right? The gospel is the is. most important message we have. Like I tell folks, uh, you know, for 22 years I, I was printing news as, as a journalist, as an editor, and we printed a whole lot of news. You know, you, you could put the newspaper together back then, and it looks like a novel. You know, it's just a big book each and every day. But, man, this is the greatest news that anyone could ever report, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the good news. And so if we have that message, why aren't we screaming it from the mountaintops even more? Why aren't we out in the streets even more telling people and helping them to come up out of the, the miry clay and see that there is life and there is hope, and his name is Jesus. And we, we just need believers who proclaim to be followers of Christ to say, you know what, I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I do have the power to be his witness no matter what I face. And I can do this because he's, he's with me. Jesus promises he's with us right to the end of the age. The Holy Spirit is in me. I can do this because of him. And we just need to do it. Yeah, we do just need to do it. We need to trust in that power. It's like uh, anything else, uh, Ken. Uh, I can believe that I have that power that uh, the Holy Spirit gives me to be a witness, but I have to trust in it. And uh, one of the more amusing illustrations I like to give about the difference between believing something and trusting something is uh, many, many years ago, there was a guy that put a tightrope over the Niagara Falls and uh, all these people gathered to see whether he was going to be able to go across it or not. And uh, he turns to the crowd and he says, do you think I can uh, walk across the tightrope? And they all say, we believe, we believe. And he goes across it and goes back. And he goes, "Uh, how many of you believe uh, that I can take this wheelbarrow and go across the tightrope? And they say, we believe. And he takes the wheelbarrow all the way across the tightrope and back. And he goes, how many of you believe uh, I can put a person in the wheelbarrow and take them across the tightrope? And they said, we believe. And he goes, who wants to volunteer? And then nobody gets in line, right? Right. Because there, believe is trust. You got to get in the wheelbarrow. And I think a lot of people just don't want to get in the wheelbarrow. And I think the reason why is maybe uh, they're afraid because they don't know what to do. And that's what I love about the Love in Action School of Discipleship. Uh, If you're one of those people who says, I really would like to learn more about how to do evangelism, uh, how to make disciples, uh, how to share uh, my testimony, Uh, how to engage people with the gospel. Well, you've got a great resource right here at Love in Action. Ken, maybe you can tell them a little bit more. Yes, Love in Action School of Discipleship, which uh, we started this year. And Jim and I, well, actually, we we were talking over, I believe it was Facebook Messenger, wasn't it? (laughs) And and laying out plans for it and and getting everything, because we already had the curriculum. So we just had to put it all together, and we'll continue to add to it. But yes, uh, we teach... DM squared, which is disciples, making disciple makers, uh, the 50 commands of Christ, creation of Christ story, uh, serving. You have opportunities to serve here, uh, which Jesus showed his disciples had to serve. So we, we believe in that. Uh, we, we talk about the Bible doctrine, systematic theology, uh, which you don't have to be a theologian to go through that class. Uh, Dr. Wayne Gruden does a phenomenal job and putting it in lay terms, I guess you could you could call it. And also we have a, a seeker study about reaching people who are who are seeking uh, Jesus and hadn't given up yet. They're, they're still seeking ways to reach them, uh, apologetics, and, and we'll be adding more to it. And it's just great opportunities because it's very, very good material to learn more about Jesus. It's like the 50 commands, Jim. The, we know the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Part of that says, 
teach them to obey all I have commanded you. Well, if I don't know what he's commanded me to do, first of all, how can I do it? And then secondly, how can I teach others, right? Right, and people are often surprised that Jesus actually gave commands like love one another as I loved you, love your enemy, right? And uh, it's just that uh, a lot of us don't take the time to kind of take those commands out and then really apply them to our lives. And that's where the 50 commands comes in. We actually learn those commands and we actually try to apply them to our lives. And we're held accountable by a small group. Uh, One of the things I love about the school of uh, evangelism is the cost, Yes. Um, that, that makes it very appealing. You want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Ken? Well, you know, the cost of the School of Evangelism is, uh, well, it's, it's zero, except there'll be a few books you have to buy along the way. But uh, the first three, three classes, there's no books at all that you have to buy because we, we have those printed up, those materials that Jim and I have compiled, written, edited, and so forth. And um, actually, we're going to put that all together in one book and uh, we're excited about that. But, yeah, so th- there'll be a few books you have to buy along the way. But other than that, there's no cost. And you can check it out at loveinactionministries.com. And we have a page on there uh, for just go to the menu and, and find the School of Discipleship. And you can read all about it and just give us an email or a call here at Love in Action. And we'll be glad to, to set you up on that. And, and it's exciting because, Jim, there's so many people who said, man, I've never done anything like this. I've never learned anything like this. And our school discipleship is open to anybody. Our ministry, we reach out to the homeless and to the poor in our community and as well as around the world. But um, this is open to everybody. It's open to, to our friends who are living in that situation. It's open to our volunteers. It's open to people who, who may be in church for 20 years, but they, they want more. And so it's just open to everybody, and, and we encourage you to check that out because Jesus tells us, make disciples. And that's what, that's what we're about because that's what he tells us to do. Yeah. Education, uh, is something that again, we take for granted and here you've got an opportunity to get a free, you know, biblical education, if you will. Um, and even, uh, where we serve in, uh, Chiang Mai, uh, we have lots of children that we're using, uh, you know, materials and setting up schools, uh, in villages. We have one particular, uh, Korean village actually that has a library uh, that they just kind of roughed out uh, in a village. And we're looking to um, get supplies for that, uh, to put, you know, tables and chairs in there and, and get them books and curriculum. Uh, because right now, Ken, they're literally studying under a palm frond mm. uh, kind of uh, makeshift uh, little hut. Right. And so uh, we do a lot of those kind of education initiatives. We're doing that in Myanmar. Of course, uh, Love in Action does that as well. And so education is very important, and uh, we're looking for ways to enhance that education in people, and especially a Christian education. Yes, and one thing people probably don't quite understand about education, because here we take that for granted too, right? Mm. Because we, we get to pre-K or kindergarten age, and we go to school. That's just, it's there, and we go, and our parents make us go. And so we're there, and we don't have to, well, we do pay for it, but not in the sense of, okay, when you show up at school, you got to fork out some cash, you know, we know taxes pay that, and there's different supplies that parents have to purchase, but in these other countries, they have to pay out of pocket for their education, and we're talking about people who don't know where the next meal's coming from, they don't have medicine if they get sick, they're hoping they can have enough money to pay whatever bills they do have, such as to have a house to live in or a or truck a if you're a farmer a tr- yes and, and so school becomes 
regulated to at, towards the bottom of the list. Not that they don't think it's important, but they just can't afford it. Correct. So when when you're able to to do what you're talking about doing, it's phenomenal because these kids can get an education, and we often say that education can change the cycle of, of poverty. People can get an education and better their lives. But going beyond that, we've seen over the years in, in other countries where we, we're doing the education initiatives, man, you can reach the whole family with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have one uh, pastor that I, I dearly love that uh, is a Corinth pastor, and uh, he's got his church there in the village and also an orphanage. And, um, I mean, we're talking the price of like a halfway decent used car, like $5,000, right, can actually put everything they need in that school so that all the orphans that are coming there can get an education and then eventually go into one of the cities and end up in high school or college. And uh, there's actually a couple of uh, students that are uh, in college now uh, as a result of that little Korean school, uh, even when they didn't even have this library that they're starting to build. And so um, just as, as little as that much money can make the difference in the lives of, uh, you know, two dozen, three dozen kids. Right. And it is amazing what, how much you can do overseas with, with a little bit of money. Because over here, $5,000, you know, you talk about a school, might buy a few chairs. Yeah, that's a, that's a drop <laughs> in the bucket. <laughs> and, and so when we talk about uh, schools or churches or orphanages or what have you, well, we're not talking about American-style building whatsoever, yeah. but we're, we're talking about a structure that, that's safe. Uh, you know, if you can, you know, if you have a metal roof, you're doing really well. If, if you're able to use some blocks to make the building that of, um, like, like we've done in Pakistan, is great. But people just so appreciative uh, of, of what you do for the children. Because uh, I know in, in the southern Philippines, uh, a number of our pastors there, their church is also a school. It's also their house. You know, yep, you know right. how it is. And multifunctional. Well, yeah, multi-purpose. That was a, they said, Pastor, our church is multi-multifunctional. <laughs> I get it. And but you know the, the the children they do such a good job teaching them. And we have seen over the years. I guess it means we're we're aging a little bit. Uh, seeing these children go to college. And what's cool is some of them they go and they they want to be teachers so they can do exactly what was done for them. and But through the whole process, families are reached with the gospel. And we start seeing so many people saved through education, through the ministry of education. And the children growing up, I remember the first time we met some children in the Philippines who were, who were in one of the, the, the church schools. They wanted to show us you know, some things that they knew about the Bible. And here was all these children, there's probably a good 20 or so there, and they were quoting an entire chapter of King James, uh, a Bible. And and it was out of, I believe it was out of Psalms that they, that they were quoting. And I told them afterwards, I said, I mean, wow, I'm blown away. You know, we have a hard time learning one verse. And here are these little children, probably eight, uh, eight to 12 years old, quoting an entire chapters and in king james and i I, I said y'all understand king james better than we do (laughs) (laughs) in english isn't even your uh your first language so uh, yeah education is so 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 important and it's important ministry to do in these other countries yeah it is it's also a gateway to be able to go in and share the gospel it's also a gateway that we can put in materials that are 
Christian-directed. And so it's an incredible opportunity to see these kids grow. I mean, kids that normally would not have an opportunity to get any kind of education or kids who would not get an opportunity to go to high school or even college. And so what's really interesting is we work with a, a young lady who grew up in this Corinne village, and uh, she was a bit of an athlete. She played cricket, and uh, she actually was on the national team wow. and uh, had some acclaim and went to college and got an education and then felt like she owed it to her people to go back and work in that orphanage. So she came back even after all that out of the gratefulness of what she learned and what she grew up in, and she is serving her father's ministry in that orphanage to this day, even after all that. And that's, that's just a, a powerful testimony of how God can work on a heart, even through someone who did have a little bit, but yet they felt like, oh, I need to give back. That's awesome. And people are so appreciative, especially overseas. We see that so much. Jim, we're getting into late July, so you and Keith will be heading back soon. I don't want to talk about that because I'll get sad (laughs) (laughs) talking about it because we will miss y'all, but uh, also are excited at the same time uh, because we know that's where the Lord has y'all at. And there's so much to do, so much uh, work to do for the kingdom of God over there. Love and Action is one way people can help you guys with the ministry over there. I'll give the, the address here in, in a moment where you can send uh, donations. But uh, Jim, as you and Keith head back to Thailand, what all faces you there when you get back? What's going to be going on? Well, we've uh, got a lot of work uh, waiting on us. Uh, we are doing discipleship training in the Chinese community there. Uh, we're doing discipleship training in the Thai community, in the uh, Korean community, in the Shan community. Uh, We're doing a lot of evangelism. We're doing some church planting. Also, we have an opportunity to go to a country, which I can't talk about, but it's a a difficult uh, country right now in the world. And uh, we're going to sort of spy out the land. We're going to go in uh, October and see if it's viable for us to open uh, an English education center there. And if we're able to do it, then we'll be um, in a position where we can uh, help a few uh, local pastors that we know that are there and uh, have a better opportunity to help some folks who have really gone through some difficult situations. So uh, prayers for that would be uh, very much appreciated. And of course, uh, anybody making donations would be appreciated too. Uh, Ministry does cost money. (laughs) We do have to fill trucks with diesel fuel. We we do have to uh, live (laughs) <laughs> and uh, then, of course, we have to buy things to help others. So, yeah, so we appreciate all that people do for us. Yeah, amen. So so you're going to kind of be like Joshua and Caleb and go out and spy out the land? We're going to spy out the land, but hopefully we bring back a good report. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as they head back, we really want to encourage you to pray for Jim and Keith and the work that the Lord's doing through them over there. Really encourage you to uh, to pray about being a donor, somebody who will support the ministry financially. And again, you can do that through Love and Action. Uh, again, Jim and Keith has been part of Love and Action for a number of years now, and yes. we've done a lot of ministry together here in, in Dothan and the Wiregrass and, and around the world. You can give a, your tax-deductible donations three different ways. You can mail it. Uh, write a check and mail it to Love in Action, P.O. Box 85, Dothan, Alabama, 36302. So that's P.O. Box 85, Dothan, Alabama, 36302. And just put on the memo of your check, Jim Landley or the Landleys. And so we'll know that's where it needs to go. And you can also give via PayPal, and you can also give via the Venmo app. And you can go to our website at Love in Action Ministries dot com and find the links for that 
and give securely. And again, in your description of the of the gift, just put the Landleys or Jim Landley, and that way we know uh, the money goes there to help them and to help help them reach people with the gospel, help them provide food for people. I know often rice and beans and cooking oil and Bibles and Bibles. And yeah, we, we need more Bibles. Yeah, Jim did mention that. So we need, do need more Bibles, um, f- for the people there. Uh, you can buy them in their language so they can a- actually read them. So that's yes. a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so if you want to give financially, please, um, please do. And please keep them in, in your prayers as they, uh, will head back next month to, Thailand. Thailand. And, yes. <laughs> and, uh, but Jim, uh, man, it's been awesome having you on again today. I just appreciate you, brother. I love you so much. Well, we love you guys dearly and thank you for the opportunity, Ken. All right. Well, y'all have a great day. Remember, Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. He died for you. He died for me and he rose again for us to give us eternal life. And he says, believe, believe, trust in him. And all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I encourage you to do that today. Call on Jesus the best you know how. He meets you right where you're at. Even if you think you stumble through a prayer, he'll understand it. And he'll meet you right where you're at. But he loves you. Y'all have a good week coming up. May God bless you and keep you. May cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.